Hi, David Dennis here. Before we get started on today's podcast, I wanted to take just a moment to invite all the men listening to join us at our annual Kansas Navigator Spring Men's Retreat. This will be at the beautiful Crosswind Conference Center in Heston, Kansas, on Friday evening and Saturday, April 12 and 13, 2024. Our speaker this year is Mr. James Carter, the Ministry Director for the Kansas City Navigators. James is an excellent and dynamic speaker and will be addressing the topic, Making Disciples Like Jesus. Now, there is limited seating available, so be sure to sign up today at the link in the show notes. Complete information on the retreat will be found on our website at kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. That's kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. You won't want to miss this wonderful time of great fellowship, food, fun, and encouragement from God's Word. See you in Heston. How should a believer in Jesus Christ deal with severe anxiety? This perplexing problem is very common in our world. Often what we do is motivated by fear, fear of failure, fear that people won't like us, and so on. Hi, my name is David Dennis, and I'm with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. I'm so happy you've been able to join us today as we continue our discussion with Pastor Ted Veer. Today we hear about how Ted struggled with severe anxiety, even to the point that he thought that he would die. I enjoyed the fellowship with the kids. We had a good time. We were only about 300 in school, and we had a lot of activities going on, but it was all new to me, but the classwork did not sink in for the first six weeks. <laughs> this was Grace Bible Institute. Grace Bible Institute in uh, Omaha, Omaha, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that point, you say you didn't really know if you were going to go into the ministry per se. Uh, you just felt like the Lord wanted you there at that That's right. School. That's right. I had no idea of ministry. In fact, if you'd have mentioned to me of ministry at that time, I'd, I'd have laughed because uh, mm. that, that was uh, furthest from my idea. Mm. But one night, after about six weeks, the men, we were in, a, in one house. We had 17 of us men were taking over a house, Kuhlman dorm. And um, my room was the living room. And so the men in our dorm just called for a prayer meeting. And again, that puzzled me. If a school or a church called for a prayer meeting, that's understandable. But for young, red-blooded young men to call for a prayer meeting seemed... It just didn't seem to fit to me. Well, they came into our room, because our room was the biggest, and uh, they start talking about what God had talked to them that day, how God had led them and he protected them. And and I just I just was dumbfounded. I'd never heard talk like that before. Never heard that personal, that God was there with me every day. Every, And it just blew me away. I don't remember what we did for our Bible study that night. That doesn't... But when we knelt down to pray... And I heard these guys praying. It came my turn to pray. I just, I just convulsed. I just wept. I don't know if I, don't know if I even prayed. But I, 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 as it were, I vomited up all the filth of my selfishness. And I saw Jesus for the first time as somebody that could live inside of me. And that was a, that was a big change. Mm-hmm. My, my grades from Old Testament came up from D to B, and I could. The Holy Spirit was now be able to make it clearer to me, mm. and that made that was one of the tre- most tremendous things in my life. Wow. Tell me about the requirements for scripture memory at, at school. I think that was a, a big deal. Yes, we had we had to memorize 
to graduate, you had to memorize 300 verses. And, uh, of course, we had to start on that till at least the junior or senior year so that we'd get those done, and those had to be word perfect. Um, and that was a blessing to me to, uh, to work on that. Uh, that and another thing was really a blessing to me at school uh, was uh, singing. When I went to school, I couldn't carry a tune in a bushel basket. But every, every class, every class we sang a full hymn, four or five verses every... And by the end of the semester, I could carry a tune in a bushel basket. And it was a blessing to me to be able to handle something like that and to, to be used of the Lord in that. Hmm. Had you memorized Scripture before growing up? No. Well, yes, for VBS, you know, for, yep. for comp contests that way. But it didn't really... So I knew a few verses. I knew some verses which were a help to me, and even to this day they are. But... Uh, but that was all, you know, for VBS. And then VBS was over and we were done. <laughs> yeah. When did you um, determine that the Lord wanted you to go into the ministry during that time frame? Well, after after the first year, like as I say, it was so traumatic for me. After that first year, we came. I came home for summer for the for the summer to work on the farm, and my dad offered me the farm for two years. He said you can. You can take it and farm for two years, and then if you feel this is what you want, then I'll sell the place to you. If not, then I'll take it back. It was a good deal for me at that time because Dad had just had had bought six quarters of land, so he it was it was an excellent deal for me. But by that time, the Spirit of God led me know I need to go back to college and finish that off. I feel that God wants me in ministry. My dad didn't resi didn't say you can't do that, but I could sense his spirit was cut because mm. dad wasn't against the Bible college, but he w he wanted me secure. And in his mind, preachers and missionaries were always on the poverty line. And he, he had come through the Depression, and he didn't want that for me. But he didn't hinder me, and I went back to school. And, of course, then when I was... But I think my junior year, the Lord, the Lord began to work through me into me in the um, in the mission classes and the and the especially every Friday we had missions prayer meetings, and so I went to the different areas of prayer meeting and the Lord clearly indicated that I should be into into something in Africa, and uh, I still the pastor was 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 not even my interest at that time at all, but the Lord through that then led and then we had mission conferences. And at these mission conferences, I felt I committed myself to missions wherever and uh, that he would lead me. And so that's where it really was the call. Mm -hmm. Did you date during those years? Did I what? Date. Uh, yes. That was a big lesson for me. When We could not date for the first semester. That was the ruling of the school. Uh, the second semester, of course, all the boys were lined up for, for with girls and stuff. And I wanted to, I, this one girl, well, I'd take her out, but I didn't have peace about it. And I couldn't figure that out because I'd never prayed about a date in my life. I mean, I could choose who I wanted and what I liked and so on and so forth. But the Lord just told me that I should be um, not taking, dating this girl. Well, by the time I got that settled, everybody else was, was taken, so I took her out anyway. And I said, you know, I argued with the Lord because I wasn't planning on marriage. I just wanted to take her out. But uh, that led to, to misunderstandings and frustrations that whole semester. 
One of the hardest lessons that I had, we decided, both of us said, we want to know what God wants. So we set two weeks of fasting, completely not talking to each other, not with each other, to see if God uh, confirmed our getting together. And when we got together again, the Lord had clearly told me, no, no. But I was depending on her. So I asked her what she thought about it. She said, well, as far as she was concerned, she she didn't know of anybody else that she'd like to spend the rest of her life with. I was blown away because I expected the Holy Spirit to tell her the same as me. But when I when I got home and, 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 and really got straight off the Lord, I was upset with the Lord about that. The Lord said, I wanted you to stand on me instead of on her. I wanted you to be led by the Spirit of God, not to be dependent upon God to lead her. And that made sense to me. And then we parted, and we're friends to this girl. She's still living, and we can connect once in a while. But we separated. Then the next semester when I went to the school, the next semester we had a new bunch of young girls again. And the Lord laid in my heart one of the young girls. Of course, we couldn't date again for another semester, which is wonderful. I could pray about it. And that led then to us to get married after a while. But I could see the Lord confirming that along the line mm. that this is what he wanted me to do. So um, that was the that was a new thing to me, that God led in that personal thing of dating and, and marriage, of course, is so important. So wow. There's a story in your autobiography about a time of real um, anxiety. I think it was in your senior year. Um, and you were struggling with several things, right. and you even thought that you may may die right, at that right. time. You remember that story? Yes, I had a nervous breakdown. Um, there were several problems with that. I was struggling with with a home issue at home. I was also struggling with. I was going to senior. I was engaged to be married right after school was out. What was I going to do? And the draft was down, breathing down my neck because Korean War was on, and and they were drafting for the military. So I had four big issues that were in my mind, and one day, it was just before Christmas, I, I went home at night, and uh, the thought hit me, you're going to be dead by morning. I just knew it. I just knew that the God had said that, and that I was going to be dead, and I thought, well, if I'm going to be dead, I better go and do a little witnessing. Of course, I couldn't. I went uptown, tried to pass out some tracks and stuff. I went home. My, my sister and my brother-in-law prayed with me. And uh, that gave me some peace, and I went to sleep. I expected to be dead in the morning, but I was awake. I was alive. Well, then when it was a it was a haunting thing. Then till till Christmas vacation, every day I went into the classroom. I think next next semester this this chair will be empty. It just it was just a hounded me. Went home for vacation. It was a little bit better, but I came back to school again and. It, man, I went to see one of my professors, Dr. Dick, who's with the Lord now, but he said, you've got too many pressures on you. You've had a breakdown in that regard. He said, you have to back off and rest. And just to realize that I was a normal pressure because it was a big help to me. Uh, then Lord overcame that. And uh, to this day, if I get too much pressure, then those fears come back again. Uh, particularly in Africa, if I was going to make a, a trip or everything was Oh, you're gonna, your mule's going to kick you off and die on this mountain trail and this type of thing. And I had to realize that, that uh, these fears were natural because of my breakdown, but the devil was also trying to use that 
And so somebody sent me a, a pamphlet from Back to the Bible. How it got to me, I don't know, or who ordered it, I don't know. But it says, when this happens, kneel down and say, Lord, if this unrest is from you, strengthen it. If it's from the devil, take it away. And that has been such a help to me many, many times. I've seen I've seen God just take it away completely. Once or twice he strengthened it, and I knew that this was of him then and not of the enemy. And that has been a help to me. Sometimes there's been a pressure, and the Lord has just relieved it by relieving my pressure. So it's been a blessing to me to see that work out in my life. My friend, do you struggle with anxiety and fears? In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, the Apostle Paul reminds us, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It is my prayer that these words from Pastor Ted Veer will be of encouragement to you today. Next time, we continue our discussion with him as he relates how he met his wife, yet how he faced a severe tragedy in his life shortly thereafter. Join me next time on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.